This is William Del Pilar, and this is Points on the Board, and I'm here with my weekly co-host, Eddie Aparicio, who is battling gout. Before we get to gout, let's, what do we have on hand? We're going to talk NFL power rankings. We're going to focus on some of the controversial games or wins, etc. From there, we're going to go into the Eddie's fantasy waiver wire pickup, and then Eddie's becoming our top NBA analyst. The man knows the NBA like us Latinos know rice and beans. It's nice. just part of who he is. Nice. Arroz and frijoles. <laughs> How you doing, Eddie? Hey, all good, brother. How you doing, Guillermo? All is good in the hood, man. You know, I'm glad to be here again. Uh, although I'm hobbling as I, you know, set up my, my, my you know, my, my, my setup for this, for this podcast because I got, I got hit with gout uh, last week. And, you know, it's something that I've battled probably for the last 20 to 25 years wow and the first time it ever happened to me man you know out of nowhere i was playing golf uh, in san francisco with a buddy of mine and then out of nowhere my toes started hurting like you know after like the eighth or ninth hole and i'm like okay did i just do something oh wait a minute did i just get bit by a spider and all of a sudden it started getting bigger and bigger my toe i couldn't walk whoa and, and i was just hobbling oh yeah i was hobbling and then you know the, he's like he's like what happened to you my friends were like what happened to you? i'm like I don't know. I might have got bit by a spider at night. I had no idea, man. <laughs> no right? clue. No clue. So then, lo and behold, I come back home and, you know, take off my sock. And, man, my, my foot was, like, red. It's beat red. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, I got bit. But I couldn't walk. And I felt like, you know. Anyway, so then, you know, I went to the doctor. The doctor said, your uric acid levels are high. You have what is called gout. And that's when I first heard about this gout thing, right? And, like, you know, we had talked about before this podcast, it's a rich man's disease, what everybody says, right? But it's not necessarily true because vegetables, some vegetables <laughs> can cause this too, right? So, so lo and behold, you know, last week, you know, I, by the way, before even last week, the first time I saw you, you noticed I lost a lot of weight. I, I, I'm 20 pounds lighter. I changed my diet. I eat primarily vegetarian for the most part. <laughs> I eat meat here and there. But the one sugar that I didn't get rid of that actually I think caused this was beer. And beer is a very well-known trigger for freaking gout. Yeah. Alcohol wow. in general, but beer, certain people have different triggers. Everybody has to know what their triggers are. For me, beer was one of them. Believe it or not, pure lemon juice is another one for me. Wow. And also and also King Crab was another one. So Whoa. last week, yeah, King Crab. Who knew, right? He ate it, and the next day I couldn't walk. So, uh, but this time it hit me pretty bad, and I don't know what the hell happened. But anyway, so I've been hobbling around, taking uh, three or four leaves, you know, per per dosage. And a leave is like a very <laughs> powerful thing, and, it, and yes. even that. So, but just to give you an idea, like what how painful this is, because a lot of people who don't know what gout is, they don't know how painful this thing is, man. The way I can describe it for you is: imagine you get bit by a rattlesnake, right, and you never get treated for it. How do you think that would feel? It would probably. <sighs> throbbing pain right because the poison is just going through you wherever it got bit right it kind of feels like that it also kind of feels like a broken bone so one a, a, a golf buddy of mine that i played golf with for years one day and he was a professional hockey player actually played for the new york islanders um his wow. name is dave. yeah so uh dave passon is his name so i threw his name out there anyway he's a really good golfer too the hockey players are really good golfers by the way but anyway i saw this guy <laughs> he's retired you know and i'm like hey dave what's wrong with you man you're hobbling around he's like dude he's like I got gout. Have you ever had this thing? I'm like, oh, I know all about it. He's like, man, he's like, I've been hit, broken bones, playing hockey, smacked in the face, broken my arms and my legs. This is by far the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. And I'm like, wow. holy crap, that's that's the truth. Because 
when you try and describe this, people think, come on, man, you're not hurting that much. It hurts, man. So yeah. anyway, I'm battling that and, and I'm back now, but I'm here for the podcast and we can talk about your football and the basketball and all the stuff we want to talk about because we're sports fans. Get them. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to start hitting you up to sponsor this, man. Only rich people get gout. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Alaskan crab ranges from 30 to $60 a pound. Well, it was king crab, and I only had it once, and I never had it again. That was it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the one comment I'll make is alcohol is a trigger for a lot of things. So, for example, my cluster headaches that, that we talked about some weeks right. back that started when I was a, a kid – Alcohol is one of the triggers, you know, chocolate, all the good. It's like so many things are triggers. And what makes it worse for us as humanity and civilization grows technologically is processed foods. Yeah. All those chemicals, all those things. But, man, for people out there, when you're throbbing and there's nothing you can do about it, it's just, oh, it's painful. I, I've been there with not with gout, but with my cluster headaches just throbbing. Yeah. Oh, you know. So I feel for you, Brother Eddie. I feel for you. So let me do a few things to get out of the way. And then yeah, we'll do the no podcast. Worries, man. The things we talk about when we're old, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to everybody, we have made the switch and we are now officially – Grumblings Media, and our new website is grumblingsmedia.com. That's where you can find this podcast and the points on the board and all the rest of our other podcasts. And Eddie, you may not be aware, but I'm pretty sure you've seen it. We've taken some of your podcasts and clipped them out with the with the <clears throat> basketball, etc. So the so there's some good content on the website. Check it out, grumblingsmedia.com. Not only for points on the board, the fired up. We just concluded a fired up podcast. Uh, big questions with Big John and Free For All. And if you're a traditional podcast listener, you can listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Pandora. And if you want to see this beautiful image that you're looking at right now, head on over to YouTube and Rumble and check us out under our moniker, Grumblies Media. And there we have it. So, so you know where to find us. We know Eddie's got gout, so let's get to the stuff that you came here for. The main bodies, what I call this, NFL and NFL power rankings. All right, Eddie, my first question to you, and there's no right or wrong answer. Do you see anything major happening with the trade deadline? Maybe the Vikings looking for a quarterback. Maybe the Titans do dump uh, 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 Derek, Derek Henry. Henry. Heck, the, the way Will Levi's played, maybe they sit there and try to trade Malik Willis, too. But but do you see anything happening uh, around the league in your mind uh, uh, that could trigger a trade of some kind? Well, first of all, I think the Tennessee Titans came out and said that they're not going to trade Derrick Henry. You know, But that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to change their mind. But they actually stated that out in the press that they're not going to trade him. Um, they're, they're definitely the Vikings losing Kirk Cousins to that uh, Achilles injury. And those Achilles injuries are no joke as I've had that myself. And it's hard to recover from, and especially at his age. So yeah. the Vikings, you know, you know, they turned their, their season around after that 49er, uh, when they beat the 49ers, you know, that one game. And I'm like, okay, this could be the beginning of a lot of good things coming. And sure enough, it seemed to catapult them. But now without that quarterback, because that quarterback is a very good pocket passer, even though they, he hasn't really showed up in the playoffs. But, you know, during the regular season, he can move that team. And they were doing all this without Justin Jefferson. So I think the Vikings, if they want to sail, sail, salvage their season, I think they're going to go ahead and make a trade for a quarterback. I don't think they're going to mortgage their future. I don't think they're going to give up, you know, really good players that they have right now. They might give up some second, third, fourth round picks kind of things to get somebody. But who are they going to target? You know, who's out there? I mean, the one, one guy that we talked about before was Andy Dalton, right? He's a, he's a veteran quarterback. He's someone right. I think they should target. 
I think he's somebody that 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 would make sense. You know, you mentioned uh, well, well, Levis or Levis, however you say his name, and uh, uh, Malik Willis. Will Levi's. Will Levi's, right? Yeah. How you say it, Levi's? Not Levis. I always assume is it Levis? You know, you know, Big John gets mad at me. Yeah. Yeah, Big John it, gets mad at me. Learn to pronounce the names. I, just I think it's Levis. I think it's Levis. I think it's Levis. Yeah. But but you know they had two quarterbacks there, right? And you know, sure enough, they could get rid of one of them because Tannehill is their quarterback. Heck, they might even make a trade for T Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill yeah. is a veteran quarterback, right? So why not, right. right? So I think the Vikings are definitely in the market for getting somebody to help them out because their season is not lost. They've come back and won three in a row, and they look like a decent team even without Justin Jefferson. I'll wait for my comments when we get to the Vikings, but uh, I vehemently disagree. <laughs> and we'll okay. talk about it once again because I did drop them in our rankings. Yeah, I, I don't see much happening. I'm thinking with the owner. I, I did see that earlier today uh, amidst my work, and I took a pause, and I saw that the owner came out and said no. And I don't blame the owner. Look. I would have fired that GM. I, I don't even know if this is the same GM that, that's done these lopsided trades, but I would assume they gave away Brown to the Eagles. They gave away, what, the defensive player just last week. I mean, this general manager, it's, I think he sours on players and will take literally anything. And I wouldn't be shocked if there was a bad deal in place for Henry. See, my take is simple. If you're a playoff team or you're vying for the playoffs, then – that player is arguably worth more than market value, depending on the player. It's needs versus want. The Vikings, you know, they may not want to give up. Let's say they, they, they do believe they can make it to the playoffs to go deep. They're going to have to pay a little extra then For to sure. get the player they want. See, and I think this, this GM from the Titans is a moron when it comes to what they get in return. I'll be honest. Uh, I would not trade a player like Henry or any running back where I'm not going to get value, like like Jonathan Taylor. I knew the Colts weren't going to get him, weren't going to trade him because nobody was going to give him first-round value. And at the end of the day, Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry is worth first-round value depending on what team they go to. Now, every analyst is going to disagree and say, no, well, you know, that's how it works. I'm going, well, you're wrong. A team that is one or two players away – They've done this before. The, 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 they'll overvalue a player for that moment in time, and that, that's how life works. Now, does that mean it pans out? No. But to win a championship, you better take some risk. And, uh, uh, but that said, I do not see anything happening at all. So let's move on then, my friends. That's what we have. We have the trade deadline coming up, and we got about a week left in that. So we will see and talk about that next week if anything happens. But until then, Eddie, let's get to this week's NFL Power Rankings Week 9. And there is a new leader. The Philadelphia Eagles come out on top. They surpassed the Kansas City Chiefs who dropped. To, I dropped into number two, terrible weather in-division team, it's easy to sit there and assume that they lost to a subpar team, and they did. But these inter-division games, they're always uh, crapshoots because you don't know what to expect. So I dropped the Chiefs to one spot. The Ravens actually moved up to number three. Any issues with my top three? Uh, no, I think Philadelphia definitely deserves to be number one. They definitely turned it around, although their defense isn't as daunting as I think people may have thought, uh, or at least has, as they've shown in the past, the uh, last year. Uh, they're definitely right. vulnerable. They're they're giving up points, so I don't think they're as daunting. You know, the Niners are in the same way as well. They were they were daunting at one time too. But Philadelphia, they, their offense is clicking. I think they're they they have a pretty complete package on the offensive front. Great running back, DeAndre Swift is doing really really well for them. 
Uh, and then you have, of course, Jalen Hurts, although he's a little bit injured right now, but not, not, not severely. Then you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. They have a very good, and then Dallas Goddard, right? I mean, those, the, oh, Goddard, however you want to say his name. I mean, they have a very formidable offensive team. The Kansas City Chiefs, I think that's uh, it's, it's fair to put them at number two. I mean, they were only had one loss, and they played a division rival in the in the in the Broncos, and who know each other pretty well, all the nuances and so forth, right? But you know, Kansas City is another team I think that might make a trade. I think they need a wide receiver. Back. Yes, yes. Well, so they, they made that, a trade for a wide receiver. Yeah, they uh, have McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman. Yeah. He came back to him, but I think they need somebody else. You know, somebody else who can take them. I mean, because. You know, Broncos definitely shut down Travis Kelsey, and without Travis Kelsey, who were the Chiefs? They have no. Their running game's kind of suspect, but it, you know, it all revolves around Travis Kelsey, just like we talked about the Buffalo Bills, all revolving around Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Right? The same thing is occurring here with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're in the running for making a trade for a wide receiver. That would be my prediction. Um, and then, yeah, so the first two or the first two, no, no problems. And you know, and as far as the Chiefs, look. I think part of the problem with the Chiefs, they're a veteran team. Mahomes is in the league seven years. There's tons of film. They know how to game plan. Game planning and stopping are two different things. But over the years, they've lost some elite talent, specifically Tyreek Hill. I think they have not recovered. They've been a successful team. Do not get me wrong. They won a Super Bowl without them. Exactly. And they won a Super Bowl without them. But I think talent-wise as a whole, they dropped a couple notches with the loss of Tyreek. But. They still win a Super Bowl. So it doesn't matter what I say, but despite being right, they were they were so over the top with talent they could afford to lose them. Uh, but that said, it is brutal uh, for the Chiefs to lose to a team that, that gave up 70 points just a month I ago. Know. You know? Isn't that funny? And, uh, but yeah. it, 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 it speaks volumes in this sense. Maybe Sean Payton's finally starting to click. Maybe, Maybe. Russell Wilson. I, I'm not seeing it, but I'm saying they're starting to get a little bit of the – Old Broncos, the historical Sean Payton and, and being able to win games and things of that nature. But whatever, this is a big win for the uh, Broncos yeah, to move forward. And, and big wins like this can turn a season around. I mean, we already showed it already showed with, you know, the Vikings. The Vikings turned yeah. their season around until this injury happened, right? And then this win by the Broncos against a formidable opponent, the Kansas City defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs, you know, it, it definitely could revitalize a team and, and get them going for the next week. So we'll see what happens next week. If they end up winning next week, then we, I think you have a point. I think that they, that they yeah. definitely have turned things around, potentially. I mean, let's be honest. I still expect the Broncos to have 500 at best in terms of their record. But this is a game that could do a lot for the team morale Absolutely. and the confidence. And that's Absolutely. just as important as anything else. It's it's the mindset of a athlete. All right, let's move on to elitism is on their radar. This is my second uh, tier. I've got the Miami Dolphins at number four, the Niners at number five. They drop one slot. The Cowboys at number eight. The Lions at number seven. Oh, I'm sorry, the Cowboys at number six. The Lions at number seven, and the Jaguars at number eight. Out of this group, I want to talk about your 49ers, to be quite honest. Real quick, though, before we get to that, the Dolphins, you know, it's tough to argue them the way that they win, you know. The Cowboys, I didn't put them above the Niners because the Niners smacked them. And right. the announcer said something extremely important because it was 100% true. When the Dolphins get on a roll in a game, they blow teams out. 
The problem is, is it's they tend to do that against sub five hundred teams, the Giants, you yep. know, the, yep. the Jets at the time, you know, uh, 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 and now the Rams. Okay, the Lions. I think they recovered. I think the Raiders gave them a good game tonight, but at the end of the day, their talent pulled them through, and that rookie running back came came through tonight as well too. Uh, what's his name? Gibbs, I Jameer believe. Gibbs, Jameer, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. And I, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars actually dropped two slots, but that's not a knock on them as much as other teams moved up. And the reason I bring that up is I get nervous when I watch them. They've got the talent, but, you know, uh, the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, still makes some boneheaded mistakes, and I'm not sure he is going to become the elite quarterback everyone thinks. I'm not saying he can't, but I think this is a big year. The team is starting to move forward and make some steps. And those are just the takes I want to give on them because I really want to focus on the 49ers. And I'll give you the floor in a second here. My issue is is simple. The NFL is a league by attrition. We've seen the – and I'll be honest, Eddie. You may not like hearing this, but the Niners are going nowhere. With – no, no, let me finish. Without Debo, without a, a 100% McCaffrey – and obviously on the defense, Trent Williams. And the reason I say that is the NFL is a game of attrition. They haven't stepped up to the plate with these players going down. And right. to me, that is a they are they are a juggernaut when their team's fully healthy. For sure. You know? And and I think they've got a lot of soul searching because their whole team is playing in a funk. And the fanboys, you're seeing already, uh, you're not on social media. Social media fanboys, see, they should have traded Trey Lance, Trey Lance. I'm like, yeah. get over it, get over it. But right. Purdy's struggling. Purdy is looking like the quarterback he thought he would be coming out of college, you know? So he needs to step up because he's made a couple of critical mistakes. But my whole issue with the Niners is attrition. It appears they don't have the depth at, the key, at some key spots to overcome players who are hurt or injured. And, and with that said, I would hope to think they're searching for some death at running back, maybe at receiver. They're looking to upgrade their backup positions. I remember in fantasy during the trade, I don't know if they do it anymore, but before playoffs start, there's usually a fantasy trade deadline. I During those trades, I was looking to build up my depth because you, you didn't know who was going to get the bye week, you know, right. in the fantasy playoffs. So I had to cover that. And I think the Niners need to be looking at that. Am I wrong? Or am I half right? Or what's your take, Mister Niner fan? I mean, you're not, you're not, you're not wrong. I would say that you're not right either. But the thing here, I mean, you you have a point that you know they are so stacked. I mean, they have nine out of the top 100 players ranked in the NFL on that team right now. They are ranked stacked. in what? Not, ranked not in what? The top 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 100. Nine of the top so, 100 oh, no, 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 NFL no. players are on that team. No. So I'm giving you pushback because that's just somebody's opinion. I know, but I'm just telling you, let me my thought here, all right? <laughs> they are stacked. What you just said, though, is that they haven't figured out how to operate without those studs there, right? And the unfortunate right. thing here is with the NFL, you only have 17 regular season games. In basketball, just switch channels real quick, sometimes those injuries are a blessing in disguise because it helps develop some of these other guys, yes. these other bench yes. guys, so that you're ready for the postseason. Whereas the NFL, you don't have that luxury of having a lot of games, right? Because if you did, a lot of the, you wouldn't have a team at the end of the, at the end of the season, right? Because these guys right. just beat each other up. So I think right now what's happening is that they're going through this adjustment period. They they're they're, they're working with these backup uh, uh, players. 
they're also adjusting their game plan a little bit, you know, uh, which I think, you know, it's very, very, uh, it was very, very obvious that they were overutilizing Christian McCaffrey big time. And I think they scaled that back a little bit because they, they heard that, you know, this guy, this guy has a injury history. He gets injured every year because of his usage. Right. And they weren't really utilizing the other running backs as much. Eli Mitchell has been hurt. Jordan Mason has come in and played well, but they need to rotate those running backs more and and establish a running game. And I think because of that, I think Kyle Shanahan adjusted his game plan and saw that Brock Purdy with him at the helm, he can open his whole playbook up. Right. So I think he opened up his playbook and is now seeing that, okay, crap. Brock Purdy maybe not be is not is not ready to carry team right now. I need to balance it out, and I think this is what's happened in the last three weeks. I think he's figured out that he needs to stay balanced. He kind of wanted to see if Brock Purdy could help offload Christian McCaffrey so that he doesn't get injured, right? And then you got right. Trent Williams who got uh, the offensive lineman. You have backups there that you know this is only going to help them down the road, right? The, luckily they have five wins. They had five wins under their belt, right? If they hadn't had that, that would have been an issue, right? So, and then the other thing I'll tell you that's going on is that their their defensive play calling, man, they have like studs on that defensive end. And this now defensive coordinator, you know, he's coming in and, and just, you know, he's 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 uh taken on this 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 team that's been handed to him. D'Amico Ryan's did a great job, you know, so good of a job that he got a head coaching job at Houston with this defensive unit. And now, for whatever reason, this new defensive coordinator is not I don't know if he's getting out, out chess matched by the offensive coordinator on the other side, but they're definitely not showing up on as far as getting back, getting to the quarterback, putting pressure on them. The biggest liability of this offense, of this defensive side on the Niners, is their secondary. And without a pass rush, it's going to show up. And I think that's what's happened is that they figured out a, a scheme to neutralize the the pass rush because they know okay. that they're pretty much man to man. They don't blitz too much, so they play right, zone right. defense. Part of the problem is what you said about the Eagles. Their defense the, isn't the defense but they, from last year. But they lost their defensive coordinator to the Arizona Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon. And and what we've talked about in the past is how the Eagles, hey, they're learning the new schemes. They're, they're adjusting to what this defensive coordinator's strengths are and what he believes this team can implement. That takes time. So I believe that's part of the problem with Steve Wilkes, the new defensive coordinator who did play, replace D'Amico Ryans. And by God, D'Amico Ryans doing a phenomenal job Absolutely. down in Houston. Uh, but that said, uh, I don't think he gets fired. I think they no. do nothing but adjustments this bye week. But more importantly, a team leader. I don't know who their team leader is. I don't know who, if Kyle Shanahan Fred, is, Fred is a great. Fred Warner is. But my point is, is uh, well, it doesn't matter if I don't know, as long as they have one. I don't yeah. know what kind of team leader Shanahan is. But sometimes, and in the military, at times you would have mentors. They'd get in your face. Dude, yeah. you got to look in the mirror. It's your heart. It's about what you want. And I think everything you said, everything I said is true, but I also think the third component out of this is they've got to learn how to suck it up and get back. They've been knocked down, not once, not twice, or three times, and they got to get up. All right, let's move on, brother. All right, so uh, 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 the uh, the better than average but still has kinks to work out, the Bengals at number nine. Now, I debated to move them into the, uh, 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 what's that, elitism is on their radar, but not quite yet. Uh, But the better than average but still has kinks to work out, the Bengals at number nine, the Bills at number 10, the Seahawks at number 11. This tier is actually not 
it's like there's a separation gap in this year between the rest of the league. For sure. But I just I wanted to talk to you about the Bengals. The Bengals seem back. They actually had a little bit of a rushing attack uh, this week. I know you saw the game. <laughs> no, I did it. I'm missing the game. Ah, yeah, there you go. And uh, so you having watched it closely, tell me what you saw with the Bengals uh, in terms of and, and it's you know about t- take about a minute uh, of some of the pros and cons you saw in Burroughs and the, the rushing attack. Was there anything you noticed that goes hmm? This team is on the way back. I mean, they looked confident. They, 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 they were actually taking it to the Niners. They had a game plan, and they definitely worked out. I mean, they, they stayed very balanced. There was no pressure on Burrow at all. And, and the thing is, is that if he has the time, he's going to find Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, yeah. Tyler Boyd. I mean, all these guys showed up, right, this weekend. So, And then Joe Mixon also showed up he's gotten some carries and he got a touchdown as well i mean that offensive line was manhandling unfortunately the defensive uh, <laughs> uh, side of, of, the, of the niners unfortunately and i think their 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 defense actually played well as well you know they they, they held the niners to only 17 points i mean that's 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 really good uh because that team the niners you know can put up points they were putting up 30 plus points in their five wins and now they've only put up like 17 16 points in their last three losses so i think Cleveland may have laid out a blueprint. Uh, I know that's one of my friends has said that he was a Dallas Cowboy, Cowboy fan. Don't hey, look what happened. I think this, the blueprint's out there, and it's possible that that happened. I don't know. We, it remains to be seen, but Cincinnati looks very confident. Well, to me, this is just more proof that validates my belief of what I, I've been saying. Joe Burrows carries his team. When he's as healthy as he can be, he can carry the team. When he wasn't healthy... They were they were literally dying on there. They they got lucky that they squeaked out a win against the Rams, or or or, or they'd be three and four right now, you know. So that said, I'm not impressed with Zach Taylor as a head coach because I think he's a one-dimensional uh, head coach with the passing. However, maybe he's smarted enough. Uh, you know, there was 110. Uh, 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 what was it, 134 rushing yards in total, one tied touchdown. They used five players to get to that. But they're getting the running game going. So so sure. I like where the Bengals are going. And, dude, I mean, who doesn't love to watch Joe Burrows play? He, To me, Joe Burrows is the prototype quarterback. Drop back, but can rush when he needs to. You know, and, yep. and that means barring a massive, you know, ACL or something or, or Achilles tear, he's he will probably uh, validate that stat we talked about last week. Was it like 200 uh, uh, non-rushing QBs versus 130 or 110 yep. rushing QBs in longevity? It's like 160 right. non-rushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was some big number. All right, all right. So, so the repeat. The Bengals at 9, the Bills at 10, the Seahawks at 11. As far as the Bills and Seahawks, they did what they're supposed to do. I have some concerns with the offense and uh, with the Seahawks, but nothing to worry about right now. They are leading your Niners in the division. I don't know. Is it a half game or or a full game? Half game. I can't remember. Half game. There you go. All right. Pretenders or contenders? Now, I'm loving this team to root for it because I love underdog players. I, I think I've t- that's why I was a big Steve Young fan because he had, had to come out of Joe Montana's shadow. I was a big Danny White fan because he had to come out of uh, uh, Roger uh, Staubach. You know, so so uh, I'm looking at Zach Wilson. I'm like, I'm starting to root for him. And that team, Eddie, is four and three. Now, what makes it f- 
exciting is they win in the ugliest, weirdest ways. I mean, that's a 30 seconds, you know? And, and Zach, Zach Wilson, who's looked terrible because in the final drive, two passes. Of course, they had to get a penalty to uh, stop the clock, but, you know, they got the penalty. But Zach Wilson showed up that final drive, and I'm like, is that a step forward for him, or is it just dumb luck? What's your take on this Jets team? I'm loving them. I just don't know how far Zach Wilson can take them. Well, you know, Zach Wilson is definitely improved. It's definitely very apparent. He's he's improved week per, week to week. And, you know, having a Brees Hall helps them out as, uh, immensely. Uh, having a running game helps out any young yes. quarterback, right? So they have a running game, which is great. Uh, and they have a good wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. So right. And defense is actually very, very good. Their defense is, is what's really keeping them in games. And they win ugly. They, they definitely win ugly. And ugly is what New York fan base loves. They love winning ugly. It's just their personality, their persona right. that they just embody, right? So New York right. Jets, they're, they're, they're definitely embodying the fan base of the New York Jets because that's who they are. They're tough, rugged, and they're just going to take it, you know, punch you in the mouth if, if they don't like what they're hearing. It's, it's just the way they are, and this is the way that this team plays. And my final comment on the Jets, and we'll move on, is I I had no clue about Robert Saleh. Is it Saleh or Saleh? Salah, Salah. Salah. Sala, Robert Sala, only because I'm like, he says all the right things, but this team just isn't responding at the end of the day and, and for whatever reason. But this year, and there, those questions were surrounding him going in, especially with how he was going to motivate this team. And I think he's proven everybody wrong. I think he's always been a strong leader. We've just not seen it because he's building the Jets. And now I think we're seeing his lead. We're seeing his tough guy. But yet, I bet you he has a, a compassionate side, but gets in your face type guy. And those are the type of leaders that make you play with heart. And I think we're seeing the Jets playing lights out. And I think, and I'm happy for Wilson uh, because it's not Wilson. It's just for any quarterback to play in New York City. Yep. That yep. that's just hard. That's yep. just hard. You know. So yep. so at, at number twelve, I mean, hey. You got to give Broadway Joe that much more credit. He was an average QB who uh, uh, lived like a superstar and was beloved by the people. Broadway Joe, name it. All right. Pretenders, contenders, number 12 with the Jets. The Browns at number 13. They lost. I don't have much to say about them except for the fact it's the same story from previous weeks. You know, backup quarterback, elite defense. Sometimes it plays inconsistent. Uh, This week they didn't. But it's the same story. Any comments uh, on the Jets and Browns or uh, on the Browns there. No, I mean, the, we've said enough about the Browns uh, in previous weeks. I think that they also have Same a thing. very good defense. They have a very good defense. You know, they have they had this uh, quarterback who still hasn't shown up yet, and they paid a lot mm-hmm. of money for this guy. As soon as this guy shows up, we'll see what they're really made of. But, you know, without having, you know, the Nick Chubb, we're, we're, never, we're not going to find out what this team really is until next year. But I think they're a competitive right. team. They play in a strong division. And I think they're, 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 they're a team that, you know, if you're not prepared, they're going to take you out. And they show that with the Niners, like they beat the Niners. So they're, yeah, they're, they're a formidable competitor. I'm sorry. You know, somebody should just go and whisper in his ear, get one of the cheerleaders. Happy endings on aisle 20 if you win the game. And boom, the shot oh, watched him get out on that field. He's, yeah. he's running. He's sprinting onto the field. Right? Yeah. yeah. If you don't know what a happy endings is, good for you. Yeah. yeah. All right. The rest, yeah, the rest of the best are pretenders. Uh, I, I really only want to talk about one team, but let's do the run now. 14, the Chargers. They beat the Bears 30-13. to They won a game they were supposed to. The Steelers, four, uh, they lost to the Jaguars 20-10. to Look, it was just a terrible weather day. 
Kenny Pickett got injured in the second half. Mitch Trubisky just is not. I I think the Bears destroyed Mitch Trubisky's, or he he has happy feet. He's just he's not an adequate backup. It's a psyche. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So so the, you know the Steelers nothing. I expect the Jaguars win. The big surprise for me not in the fact they won because I didn't know who would win this game. I knew the Colts would have a shot against the New Orleans Saints. Let me run it down once more. I apologize. Fourteen the Chargers. Fifteen the Steelers. 16 the Saints and the Saints had an offensive explosion uh, in past broadcasts I've been saying look Pete Carmichael man we've been waiting for, he, the offensive coordinator for the Saints we've been waiting for him to do anything since Sean Payton left two years ago and did he do it this week Derek Carr 19 to 27 for 310 yards and two touchdowns and more importantly Zero interceptions. Uh, the rushing attack rushed for a total of 161 rushing yards. Alvin Kamara with a touchdown. And Taysom Hill for you fantasy owners. Two TDs. I bet you he's a hit and miss in the starting lineups. The oh, for sure. Uh, who owns. For sure. But did you see this coming? Uh, uh, and can the Saints keep doing this? I think they don't need to keep doing it because they are in the weak NFC South. But I think this could be – is it – I don't know. Is it turning – is it the Saints turning the corner? Your thoughts, Eddie? I think they're – you know, they have a, a good defense. Their offense was suspect. Yes. I think that their offense, you know, has their their moments like they've shown this week. I mean, the Colts' defense is actually a decent defense. So they actually <laughs> move the ball against a decent defense. So – and they have great, you know, uh, 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 special – what do you call those? Key uh, – uh, uh, I don't want to call it wide receiver, <laughs> running back, whatever the term is that collectively uh, key positions, right? The, uh, yeah, the, so the, the wide the, receiver core. Yeah, the wide receivers and the running backs, you know, there are good. They have Alvin Kamara, who's a running back. They have, a, you know, a Chris Olave, and they also have uh, Michael Thomas, you know, and then Taysom Hill and, and Jimmy Graham as their, as, their, as their tight end. So, you know, they, they actually are, you know, they have the components to be a good offense. It's just a matter of whether Derek Carr shows up or not and whether the play calling actually, you know, takes into account what they have on their as a team on, their, yeah. on the town side. Well, I think individually they all suck. What I mean by that is I think that team, that team is a great offense, but the rushing attack isn't going to carry them alone. The passing no. attack isn't going to carry I think it's a team that when they play cohesively, they yes. can compete against anybody. But they have not played cohesively yet. And this was the first signs of that offense playing cohesively. So, yeah, I, I kind of like what I saw. But I, I don't know if it's going to, to, to move forward, but we'll see. It's, my point is they're going to be an exciting team to watch. The get it together or else and overachievers, my friends. Number 17, the Titans, the Falcons, the Bucks at 19, the Commanders at 20, the Colts at 21, the Broncos at 22, the Rams at 23, the Texans dropped from 16 to 24. They've had a terrible two weeks. Teams may be getting enough film on C.J. Shroud. And number 25, the Vikings. Out of this group, Eddie, and then we'll wrap it up with the uh, – uh, NFL power rankings and uh, you can you can see the actual article my friends on the website tomorrow morning uh, but I want to talk about the Titans the Falcons and the Vikings first of all what the hell Will Levi's is like I mean he came out of nowhere and, and I'm not sure if you're aware Eddie it was a uh, you know we've we, we stay away from politics, but I have described to you how sometimes when there's a black quarterback, white quarterback, they get into that. And uh, that's what it became this season. 
uh, this preseason. And I was on Malik Willis's side because I'm like, oh, he's right. going to win the backup job because right. it's his second year in the offense. He's played in the NFL. So on paper, he should have won the job, which he did. And Will Levi's did not look great. He had a, a, making rookie mistakes. But I think we put too much into the preseason because we saw, and I God bless Malik Willis, he reminds me of me in this sense. I once had a coach when I was in peewee ball or t-ball, and he said, William, you're trying too hard. Because I was giving it all, probably like a spastic kid out there, you know? And I, I have never, I have never. I can't imagine that, by the way. <laughs> I, mean, I have never forgotten that because yeah. for years, Eddie, I thought that's, that was a cruel thing to say to somebody. They're trying too hard? How can you try too hard? You know, but Malik Willis is an example of someone who just looks like he's trying too hard and, and, and not performing well. So my heart truly goes out to him because I love these small college uh, stories. Brock Purdy, you know, Trey Lance didn't work out, but Brock, well, Brock Purdy's not small college, but he's Mr. Relevant. You know, the 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 story, the the storylines. Uh, I don't know where the Titans go from here. Do you think they're going to look at the season and go, hey, we can compete? Or do you think they may try to trade some people? I mean, I have no clue. I I'm pretty sure we're going to see Will Levi's again For uh, sure. by default. For sure. Tannehill, they're not going to renew his contract. Uh, the way he played, they drafted him in, what, the second or third round? They got it. You know, he's a potential franchise QB. So I think we're going to see more of him. But I have no clue where this team goes because, you know, good and well, the league will figure out Levi's, if not now, in the playoffs. Right, right. But, hey, look, you know what I mean? Anytime you have a player perform like that that comes off the bench, you as a coach who has a, a team that's playing 500 ball, you would take the chance on the kid to come back and play again and see how far you can ride it, right? So this is right. exactly what Mike Vrabel is going to do. He's going to ride it for as long as he can because this guy threw accurately and had a really good deep ball as well a few times. So, you know, I, I would say that that keep it going. Keep it going with, well, Le Levis. I think that's how you say it, but I'm not sure. Your Levi's is going to make me say it, and it's probably not the right way to say it. But I think, I think you know, they're not going to, they're not going to, they're not going uh, 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 to turn, 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 turn down the season. They're going to try and, and win as many games as they can. You know, they, they, they can. I mean, it's pretty wide open. You know, that, that division is wide open. They should, they should go after it. And, and, and I think they have a potential uh, quarterback in the making of somebody who can at least get them to like where Zach Wilson got the Jets. Right? So, yeah. why not? Gotcha. You know, Eddie, I think it's Levy's. Will Levy's. Uh, I just looked it up. That's okay. how it looks to me. Will Levy's. Makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right. Big John's going to be haunting my thoughts. You know, get the names right, man. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, let's go to the Falcons. The Falcons. Okay. So, first of all, the Titans are number 17. They're at the top of the get it together or else and overachievers. And the Falcons. Look, the Falcons are a rebuilding team. Desmond Ritter's entering his first full season as a starter. He started towards the end of last season. I just have a simple question for you with the Falcons. Uh, be, one, where is the rookie running back, Bijan Robinson? And is Desmond Ritter the answer? I mean, have we seen enough of him? I don't think we have. I, I believe in what Bill Walsh says. In the first 24 games, you can determine if a Q QB has an NFL future. And we haven't reached that point with Desmond Ritter. You know? So, I mean, what's your take? Oh, and the reason I bring that up is uh, Taylor Haneke was brought in. Yes. And they had three points uh, when Ritter left the game. And, and, and Haneke, uh, you, know, gave, you know, gave him 20 more points. So, what do you see happening there, and and what are your thoughts on all this? I mean, they're gonna just much like Vrabel's gonna ride the hot hand with uh, Will Levis or Levi's, whatever you want to say. No, 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 I no. Think... With the 
Oh, okay. no, I know, I know. I'm saying, I'm saying the exact <laughs> yeah, yeah, same yeah. thing that yeah. you know, uh, uh, Arthur Smith is probably going to do the same thing here in this instance yeah. and ride the hot hand in Taylor Heineke rather than going back to Desmond Ritter. He's probably seen enough from Desmond Ritter. He's turnover prone. You know, sometimes he has flashes of brilliance, and other times he doesn't. Why not take a shot? I mean, th that that division is 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 up for the taking right now, and they they exactly. owe it to themselves to go ahead and try and go for it. So Taylor Heineke, I think right now is the starter until you know he messes up and then comes back desmond ritter you know in, in doing my research i discovered that arthur smith is 18 and 24 as a head coach that's counting this season as well so uh, he's got to do much better he's not flashy he's not personable these owners tend to fall in love with that the next you know uh, uh zach taylor or, or the head up. coach yeah, yeah, well, you know, yeah. the, the whiz kids, the whiz yeah, kids. So, so, and they are in the hunt for the NFC South. So I, I, I think there's a good chance, even if Ritter starts the next week, he's got a quick hook if he doesn't perform, you know. So, yeah. uh, 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 so let's keep going here. Uh, I got one more team I want us to talk about, the Vikings, uh, and we did that a little bit. But for the group here, the Titans at 17, the Falcons at 18, the Bucks at 19, the Commanders at 20. The Colts at 21, the Broncos at 22, they went up for 26. Uh, the Rams at 23, look, Matthew Stafford's hurt. <laughs> we don't know what that team's going to be doing. The Texans at from 16 to 24, two losses. Uh, the league may be catching up to C.J. Stroud a little bit there. Uh, 25, the Vikings. Uh, I don't think the Vikings are going to look for – are going to. Uh, look for a QB to bring in one. They've got to learn a new offense and cousins was, I'm not talking about the team love or team chemistry, but I'm talking about the points went through Kirk cousins in that offense. He was the offense for better or worse. They were there. In fact, they're the number two passing or number two offense in the league. I, I forget which, in right. fact, I, I you know, sure. and uh, without cousins, there is no offense. I mean, what I'm saying is it just, that's how important Cousins is to this team. And I don't think that's a replaceable piece. They don't really have a rushing attack. Their defense is still learning to come together, you know. Uh, uh, and then you, I questioned some of the defensive play calling. I can't remember which game it was, but he kept rushing. He kept blitzing, blitzing. And they were picking the blitz up. And I'm like, dude, the blitz is killing you today. There's a time to back off. So I, I, I don't think they come back from this loss of Kirk Cousins. That's why I dropped them from 15 to 25. I think that's how important Kirk Cousins is. I mean, and if you know of any, I'm not putting, I'm putting you in the spot. I know, but because I, I, I'll think with you. But what quarterback can come in and give them the production, Kirk Cousins? Because they need that at a minimum. Because remember, they're not a great team. It's that offense keeps them in games. Yeah, I mean, there's nobody out on the market that is like Kirk Cousins right now, you can get maybe a poor man's version of Kirk Cousins, but you're not going to get Kirk Cousins. And I think because they're, you know, as of tonight's game, they were only one game behind, you know, the Detroit Lions, but now they're two games behind because Detroit won. So, you know, at four and four, they still have a chance to even go for a wild card spot. You know, I don't think they should just mail it in. I think that they should try and, and figure out a way to get some kind of veteran quarterback to, to, to head that team, you know, and, to, and buy them some time. They owe it to their team. They owe it to their fans. They're not, you know, two and five, you know, or two and six. They're four and four, right? So, you know, they have, they're without Justin Jefferson. This guy, Jordan Addison, has emerged. 
You know, that, 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 I mean, figure it out. I mean, I think they can they can still win. You know, they have a, 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 a Alexander Madison who's been okay, you know, here and there. You know, uh, but uh, the other guy that I was thinking about last time was Powell. His last name was Powell. He's another third wide receiver that has come up and has played pretty well as well. So their defense is hit and miss. But I think they owe it to themselves to go for it. And I think, they, I think they're going to be a team that's going to try and make a move to get a quarterback. Just, you know, they don't have somebody in the backup that's really well. I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. But, you know, I think there's other guys better than their current backup, you know, right now that they can go after. Rookie quarterback Hill. Jaron Hill is a backup. Oh, Jaron uh, Hill. That's uh, right. Uh, that's uh, right. Uh, Eddie. I, I'm not implying or stating they should mail it in. These players do have pride. Uh, what I'm saying is there's nobody out there that can replace Cousins. So maybe they, they take a look at, because Cousins, I think, is in his final year, too, becomes a free agent next year. Right. Uh, maybe they take a look at this Hall kid, or maybe they trade for a backup like like Taylor Haneke. I mean, it's a terrible right. example, because the Falcons are going to give him up. Yeah, or maybe an Andy Dalton. But I'm thinking bringing somebody in that a team's willing to let go that they can make a determination that, but at the end of the day, I'm looking at rebuilding this team. If I'm management and we take a step back, we're going to play to win. If we make it to playoffs, God bless us, but we're going to be evaluating players and we're going to be, you know, putting maybe some of the younger guys in to get harder looks at him. I think that's what you're going to see because they just can't replace cousins. And my final take on that, and I should have put it up uh, the talk at the beginning is Eddie, I have never in my life seen the rash of Achilles tendon injuries. And it makes me wonder, this new field, you know, first of all, on the high school versions, a lot of these new fields that are similar to the NFL fields are made with uh, rubber tires. And they're starting to realize, well, you know, all that's chemicals, all that, that's a lot of poison there, you know, but everything I'm we're recycling. And I'm saying, first of all, I wonder what the long-term health of all these black little dots you see everywhere going right. into the lungs, stuff like right. that. But that said, I, I wonder if it's a field, that's the first thing you got to look at, the most obvious. But have you ever seen this rash of injuries when it comes to... Uh, the NFL? Uh, with respect to Achilles injuries, I would say that that's been going on probably for the last 10 years with the NFL. There's There's been a lot more. Not this many? Yeah, there's been a lot, actually, more than wow. you think. Yeah, but so, I, you know, it's definitely something with the field. I think the artificial turf, you know, I don't think, you know, it gives it gives enough. It doesn't give enough, you know, to, uh, yeah. to be able to, you know, uh, uh, you know, avoid an injury like that. You know, that's the primary reason why these big injuries happen is because right. the turf doesn't give, right? And, and and actual turf, actual grass does give. So um, so anyway, that and there's a lot of force coming down there and, and, and to move and pivot quickly. I mean, these athletes are bigger now as well. They're bigger and they're stronger. They're burstier. And the thing is, is that, you know, for, for take my, my case, my point, you know, when I, when I did my Achilles tendon, I was 255 pounds lifting weights wow. big time, you know, and, and I asked my physical therapist, why did it happen to me? He's like, you know, you're a big guy and your tendons are actually pretty small compared to how bulky you are. Right. So I think that this is probably why it happened. And I think that the tendons don't really grow as, as you, as you build up the muscle. Right. So I think a lot of these guys are just bigger 
and faster and burstier and and, and with having a, a field like you have you know, like artificial just in general any 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 position right all so right, right. I, I think that's part of the reason why this court it can happen to quarterbacks too i mean just any position has it wide receiver it happens to them a lot i just you know? I, i'll be honest i've been watching football and then once i got into the industry in the 90s and 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 I've never seen this rash of injuries. Now, there was a period I didn't watch football the last few years for a little while, a couple of years ago. But uh, it's just I've never seen this rash. And, and I really wonder. I bet you you're going to hear some offseason stories beginning this year because I haven't heard many, if any. All right. Uh, that's what we have. And to repeat it is a long one here. Uh, the get it together or else and overachievers. The Titans at 17. The Falcons at 18. Bucks 19. Commanders 20. Colts 21, Broncos 22, Rams 23, the Texans 24, the Vikings 25, and let's move on to the what the hell we have no clue or we're playing for draft positions. <laughs> okay, and in that list we have at number 26, the Patriots, 27, the Giants, 28, the Raiders who lost tonight to the Lions, the Packers at 29, and this is what I started to expect based off the last few weeks of play from the Packers. It's a reevaluation, uh, 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 rebuild season. So the Packers at 29, the Panthers at 30. 30. They've been in the basement all season long. They moved up. The Cardinals at 31. And your Chicago Bears at number 32. And I can see the Bears moving back up once Fields gets back. But that kid, Tyler, ba uh, uh, what Badgett. was his name? Badgett. 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 Yeah, Badgett. Tyson. Tyson Badgett. Tyson Badgett. I think, you know. People forget last week it was a heavy, it was rush, 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 rush pass. You know, that's how they protected him and that's how they won the game. This week, you know, the, the Chargers shut down the rush, so they put it, beat us, Badgett, and he couldn't. Yep. All right, there we have it. Your NFL power rankings, and we're going to move to a lightning round here, Eddie. I'm going to toss out a position. You give me one or two names on them, all right? This is our fantasy football waiver wire. Okay, quarterback. Obviously, Will Levis. I mean, he's definitely the, 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 the guy to get. He's proven, at least in one week, that he can throw the pass and, you know, can move the Titans offense. So I would say he's number one as a quarterback. Um, the second one that I would, and I'm going to mention two since we're pretty much running out of time. Uh, the, the second person that I would probably bring up here is we don't know the condition of Matt Stafford's uh, thumb. You know, we don't know how serious it is. Right now they're saying day to day, but, you know, thump, a, a, a throwing hand, you know, a thumb is going to be tough to grip a ball. So uh, I would say Brett Rippon is somebody to target uh, potentially as well to pick up. And th again, these are not studs. These are guys just to fill in if you're in, in dire need of filling in that position this week uh, in week nine. So those are the two for the quarterbacks. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Taylor Haneke? Uh, 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 yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm just asking. No, I, I wouldn't. I, you know, maybe I. You know, I didn't put. I, I wouldn't. If you if you put me, I would probably put two. Those two, Will Levis and and Brett Rippon, right now. There you go. Okay, uh, running back. So I've already talked about a lot of these players already in past uh, podcasts. So if you have not moved on these, shame on you. But a lot of these are are pretty much repeats. You have Chuba Hubbard. You know, it's already been known. It's already been shown that uh, you know Miles Sanders 
isn't he's not really cutting it as an every down back for that team and he's gotten injured as well but Chuba Hubbard has definitely been involved in that offense and even with Miles Sanders back he had more carries than Miles Sanders last week might be because they're trying to bring Miles Sanders gradually because he just came off an injury but Chuba Hubbard's involved so I would say target him as, as one uh, and then the second one that I would say is we've already brought this person up uh, the market Emari de Mercado for the Arizona Cardinals. He's somebody I think you should probably target. I've already mentioned this name in the past, so he's one to, to bring up. And the last one I'll bring up here is Zach. He's a new new entry here. Zach Charbonnet for the uh, Seattle Seahawks, came from UCLA. Uh, so uh, he's uh, involved in their passing attack. You know, it's it's definitely Kenneth Walker's team, you know, but it's always good to have insurance policies against, you know, running backs when they get hurt. And Zach Charbonnet is somebody to target. Charbonnet. Is that the poor man's Chardonnay? Pretty much. <laughs> yep, yep, wide, yep. wide receiver. <laughs> wide receiver. I will, yeah, so, so the guy who has emerged, there's, there's, a, there's two names that have emerged here. And I would say Brandon Cooks for the Cowboys. He's actually scored in double digits the last two weeks. Seems to be getting involved and seems to have the trust of Dak Prescott. So, you know, he's definitely like a guy that you should target. Uh, you know, it's definitely CeeDee Lamb's team. And then probably after that, it would probably be Ferguson and the tight end who's getting involved. But then, you know, Brandon Cooks is somebody to target because they throw the ball a lot. And, and, and he's definitely somebody that who's, who's a veteran and knows how to route, uh, uh, run routes. So he's one. And the second one is for the Bengals, Tyler Boyd. I mean, he has been injured. And that, that, yeah. that, that, offense, uh, that offense of the Bengals, when they're, they're, they're flowing, they, they put up points. You know, they have T. Higgins. They have Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase being their number one, T. Higgins number two, Tyler Boyd being number three, and he's a very good number three. So they throw the ball around in that in that offense, and I say he's a guy to target on the wide receiver side. All right. What about tight ends? I would say there's, there's two. Jake Ferguson, who I already mentioned him on the Dallas Cowboys, he's probably the second guy who gets the most looks from Dak Prescott after CeeDee Lamb. So I would say target him if he's not on a roster right now. And then the last, uh, uh, Trey McBride is a guy for the Arizona Cardinals. We know that Zach Ertz is now hurt, and we don't know how long he's going to be out. So he, you know, and, and Trey McBride, what did he do? He scored 25.5 points last week. So definitely he's going to be a hot waiver wire pickup this week. So if he can, get him. And the last one, Taysom Hill. We've already talked about him. He's a triple threat. He can th run, pass, catch um, as a tight end. So, you know, if you're, if you're in desperate need for a tight end at, that can score some points, hit and miss, unfortunately, sometimes, Taysom Hill's the guy to target. Right. And okay. There you have it, my friends. Eddie's fantasy waiver wire pick. All right, Eddie. Uh, let's end the set or end the show out with some NBA talk. And uh, what are, are the early gonna... storylines that you see developing? Yeah, are we gonna keep going then, or we're not gonna cut it off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a good we'll 10 keep going. Minutes, All right, right, cool. Well, we got ten minutes. All right, so we'll do it quick. So uh, yeah, so I, I gave you uh, the so last week. I got to tell you, NBA was awesome last week. Uh, the, the, the teams that I told you that would be, you know, in, in, the, in the top four, the teams that I picked were Boston, Milwaukee in the East, and then I said Denver and Phoenix in the West. Boston is undefeated. Denver is undefeated. Both those teams looked really, really good. The Boston, living up to the hype. Boston Big Four are living up to the hype. They definitely look like a machine. The only thing about Boston is that they don't have much depth. And I think that that... You know, if they suffer uh, an injury to one of those big four, it's going to hurt them. So if they keep their health, they're going to be a juggernaut. And I even think with their with their backups that they have, they're serviceable, but they're a little bit vulnerable, in my opinion, if one of their big four falls. Uh, the Bucks, 
You know, they, they uh, you know, Giannis and, and, and Damian Lillard, their first game together, man, they were a tandem. And then the second game against Atlanta, they lost and they got killed. You know, and, and I don't know if you saw this, but did, do, you, do you know who uh, Public uh, Enemy is, the rap group back in the day? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that okay. was our era. Yeah, so do you know Flavor Flav? Yeah. You know the guy who wore the clock? He sung the yeah, national yeah, anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sung the national anthem. <laughs> yeah, he sung the, he actually sang the national anthem. I when I first saw him, he had this, you know, I thought he was gonna rap the national anthem. I'm like, oh, how's this gonna go? But he actually he sang the national anthem. And I guess it motivated the Atlanta Hawks because they came out and played and it just made the Milwaukee Bucks really, really, really flat. No no concern, because Milwaukee came back and beat Miami tonight. So they're now right. two two and one. So uh going back to going to the West. Uh, Denver looks like a, a, a juggernaut. I mean, they haven't missed a beat. You know, Nikola Jokic looks even better this year, and Jamal Murray no. looks really good. Jamal Murray looks really good. So those two together, they are a force. Um, the only thing that I would say is they lost Bruce Brown. They also lost Jeff Green. Those two are pretty vital bench guys. They are very, very slim on the bench, but they have a couple guys that they have some faith in, but... They're not as good as those two, those two guys who left. So Denver looks like the, the cream of the crop right now in the West, as they should because they're defending champs. The, the Phoenix Suns, impressive. They, 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 they won an opening night against the, the Warriors. Devin Booker played, you know, and, and, and Kevin Durant played, but Bradley Beal did not play. And they barely beat the Warriors. They both didn't play very well. You know, the Warriors played okay. You know, Phoenix Suns played okay. But imagine Phoenix didn't have Bradley Beal. Of course, the Warriors didn't have Draymond Green. But still, the, the game, the, the Phoenix Suns beat them by four points. The next two games, Phoenix didn't have Booker nor Bradley Beal, and they still won those games. So, you know, they're, they're, they're a team to reckon with. You know, uh, uh, actually, though, they, sorry, they won, they, they won one and lost one, so they're 2-1 right now. But they, 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 what they've done, we were talking about, you know, the 49ers not having enough depth. What's happening with the Phoenix Suns is they have the, the the liberty right now to play some of these bench players right now and get you know get their skill sets up and get you know the chemistry going. So when they are yeah. fully staffed, they have these guys who can just come right in and play when these you know these starters you know have to take a rest. This is a blessing in disguise for them when both you know Devin Booker and Bradley Beal are hurt. So Phoenix Suns look very formidable. I think their their, their bench looks really really good. So those are the top four uh, that I see right now. And the big surprise, the, 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 the surprise team that I was talking about, the big surprise team that I talked about in the West, the Oklahoma City Thunder. They were not my top eight to make it in the playoffs in the conference. But this team is 3-1, and one, and Chet Holmgren looks really good. He had seven, blo he? He, he had seven blocks uh, two <laughs> nights ago, and then he had four blocks tonight. So the guy wow. is a defensive beast, and I'm going to call it right now. I think he's going to be rookie of the year. I know Webin Yama <laughs> is probably the favorite because of all the fanfare that he has, but I got to tell you, Chet Holmgren, he played you know four years at, at a, a pretty well-known Gonzaga uh, uh, yeah. program, and he got injured last year with a Liz Frank injury on his on his foot. But he's back, and the kid looks really good. So I'm going to predict he's going to be a, a rookie of the year. So that's a surprise team. That was one of the big observations. Um, some standout performances. Uh, uh, let me tell you, Steph Curry, here's another prediction. Steph Curry is going <laughs> to vie for an MVP this year. The guy looks outstanding. He's got 240. He had a 42-point game and a 41. He had a 42-point game tonight, by the way. Um, and then he had a 41-point uh, game a couple of nights ago against Sacramento when they beat Sacramento on, on the road. And the thing about this Warrior team is they have three wins and one loss. And the three wins are all on the road. And they... 
They had a really horrible uh, road record last year. They only won 11 games all year on the road. And I think they turned, they turned this thing around, and their wow. bench is even better than people think because their bench is actually performing better than their offense from a net rating standpoint. And actually, they look like they have the best, you know, stati statistically speaking, the best bench squad in the NBA right now because they are just running teams out of the gym with their bench squad. So this team is, is a formidable team to look out for. So Steph Curry is, is, is a, a, a good a performance that I want to point out. Victor Webanyama had a good, uh, his second game. His first game wasn't very good. His second game was really good. He had 21 points and 12 rebounds in, in, in a game over Houston. Luka Doncic scoring 49 points on Friday wow. uh, to beat the Nets. Donovan Mitchell scoring 43 points on Friday to beat, uh, not to, to beat, but they lost to OKC, unfortunately. Um, Joel Embiid, he had back-to-back -back scoring 34 and 35, 15 rebound nights, and the guy looks like a beast. Um, so I would yeah. say that those are the ones that I want to note as the guys who are standing out. So uh, some observations I'll, I'll make out. Uh, so the Bulls, you know, they were a team that I would put it as a, as a playoff team, in the, uh, probably in the top eight. The Bulls, you know, they had kind of a, a team-only meeting after the first game, they got blown out by Oklahoma City by 20 <laughs> points. And after the first game, they had a team-only meeting. Oh, that was, like, man. unusual. Was like, what the hell is going on here? Then they lost that game. But then this, the, the, the very next night, they almost lost to Houston. And thankfully, they didn't lose to Houston. Or else it would have been a, a, a total nightmare, right? So they won that. And then uh, then they came back and won again tonight. So right now, they're a, they're a two-and-two two team that could have been really, really, that could have been really, really bad really quickly. The other big surprise, they were a playoff team that I put in the, I think, in the sixth slot. Let me see if I put them right in the sixth spot. Yeah, I had them in the uh, sixth spot, Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies are winless. They're 0-4. Who would have thought? Wow. Right? I mean, losing Ja Morant, I mean, they're going to lose him for 25 games, not until, you know, December 25th is when he comes back, you know, to play again. But they missed that guy big time. And they they're just look like a disconnected team. They just don't look like they're together. Um, just like the Bulls didn't look together, but I think they kind of, you know, come back together. And I already talked about the the, the, the Warriors, and I already talked to Denver, the Denver, and I talked already talked about Boston. So, and the Lakers, the Lakers right now have uh, played a tough schedule. You know, they they played uh, Phoenix, they played Sacramento, um, and uh, I think they played. Let me see, they played. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. So anyway, so and and they're they're actually you know they're still worth figuring it out, but they're a deep team. I think, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis are on a mission. I think, you know, last year they, they, they started out 2-10 and 10 and still went to the NBA Finals. So that team is still figuring things out with this new squad and they're going to get their chemistry together. I, I still think they're going to be a team that's going to be, you know, there at the end. So last but not least, some of my predictions, you know, after the <laughs> yeah. first week. Okay, I already told you MVP. I think Steph Curry is going to be MVP. This assumes okay. that the Warriors are going to be going pretty far in the playoffs, and he, assuming that he keeps his health. Rookie of the year, I already told you, Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren is playing really, really well. Of course, these are all contingent on, you know, injuries, right? If they're injured, then we're screwed. Uh, the play, defensive player of the year, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. The guy's a beast on off, both offense and defense, but he's really good defensively. So I would say that he's the, uh, the defensive player of the year. And the comeback player of the year, I'm saying Ben Simmons for the for the, for the uh, New Jersey Nets or the Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn Nets. I think he's going to be the comeback player of the year. The guy's oh playing very well. God. That is my call right now. Oh, 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 hold up. Uh, Simmons is playing? 
He is playing. <laughs> he's playing for the Brooklyn Nets. And he actually is playing I know, pretty well. I, I know he's on the Nets. I didn't realize he decided he's to playing. play. He's <laughs> playing. So that's my call right now. And I would have given you a segment here about FanDuel. But unfortunately, FanDuel had server problems tonight. Or else I would have given you my tiers as far as who to pick, you know, for each of these four tiers to set up your lives for tomorrow. But unfortunately, they were down for most of the day. And they were refunding a bunch of people for having lineups that just they couldn't edit. So... Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, for next week, I'll have some FanDuel. Hopefully, they don't have server issues next week, next week so I can give you some of my recommendations for your lineups. For, All for right. So that wraps up my All NBA. Right. All right, my friends. That is Eddie Aparicio. And we're going to ask him in future shows about some other storylines. It's tough to do a one-week a, a, a show and talking scores in recent games. So uh, maybe following some storylines, injury yep. updates, and things like that. Uh, uh and uh, Big John has has talked to me about wanting to talk to you about how to do the FanDuel to maximize what the audience gets out of it. So we will talk about all that behind the scenes, my friend. It's a little inside uh, baseball for you individuals right. listening. You know. But right. that said, thank you for listening, everybody. Eddie, as always, thank you. A couple of announcements here. Again, we are now grumblingsmedia.com. You can find us on your favorite platforms, YouTube and Rumble, if you want to see these beautiful mugs. And for you traditional podcasters, Apple, Google, Spotify, and Pandora. Please share this podcast. That's how we'll grow and continue. So everybody, for Eddie and myself, we bid you a good night. Peace out.